Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope. Tears. 
His glory and grace.
Songs of Praise continues with more inspirational music. It's my desire 
to live just like him Though often I fail And I've brought him much
heart can sing When I pause to remember A heartache Is but a stepping stone
Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness.
soldiers as they climb Golgotha's hill Hear the cheers and the jeers of the people crying Crucify and kill The great love story Came around. 
This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's listening to Songs of Praise. It's our desire to encourage and uplift your thoughts to our loving Creator God.
3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Continuing chapter 20. Last week we finished our story when the land for the Dora Creek Church had been purchased. Picking up our story now. Shortly after, Jack visited Harold and Anne to discover that the second boat he'd given Harold was missing. Where's the boat, Dad? Jack inquired. I sold it, son, Harold replied. Why did you do that, Dad? Well, it's like this, Jack. We need a church here in Dora Creek, and the boat was able to pay for the land. If we have a church here, I won't need the boat as much. Oh, I can see your point, Dad, but it was a nice little boat. Yes, it was, Jack. It served us well. The rest of the story is presented here based on Sister Hammond's account. The building committee convened with Eric Harker... Harold's second son, as the committee chairman. Wood was ordered and promised, but when sent for it was not cut. Harold tried to order elsewhere, but without success. He approached another firm which refused his order at first. 
Harold reminded the owner that the Adventists had built and paid for Sunday school for the children of the district 50 years before. It was built by voluntary student labour and paid for by collections taken up amongst the students themselves. The owner remembered and agreed to take the order. The heavy timber, scantling and flooring arrived in less than two months. Brother Arthur Shannon was consulted in relation to the roof. He estimated that it would cost £100, but stated that he would donate the roof. This was not the first time he had done this. A builder was needed. Brother Fred Moore was contacted by letter and he agreed to come as his holidays were due any time and that they should send for him when the materials were on the ground. He came and stayed six and a half weeks, completing the building in that time. No mill in the district could supply the weatherboards or even make them, so this became a matter for earnest prayer, like the previous needs. Harold learned that 1,500 feet of cypress pine weatherboards had just been brought down from the north by Brother Russell Harris. Building materials were scarce at the time, and the person who had placed the original order two years before had built in a different material. The quantity was not sufficient, however, and the church resorted to prayer again. The same day, Harold was talking with the painter to discover that he had 500 feet of weatherboard left over after his house was finished. The painter donated them, and the work was finished with not six feet to spare. Encouraged, Harold faced the problem of obtaining guttering, which was unprocurable. Brother Will Chapman found he had enough left over from his own house to go around the church and no more. Downpipes were off the market, but after fervent prayer, seven downpipes were given to the church. The plumber who had agreed to donate his services had gone to Sydney and couldn't be located. There was no other plumber available. Harold went out to a nearby job to discover the missing plumber there who promised to start work the next day. He couldn't start because solder was unprocurable. Prayer was offered again, and two three-inch sticks of solder were found between two families residing close to the church. It was just enough to finish the job. It seemed as if there would be three months' delay to get the lining, but a firm was contacted with Adventist Connections from 50 years before. They agreed to supply, but indicated that there would be a two-week wait. However, the order was delivered four days later, but was short of requirements. Brother Will Chapman came to the rescue again, making up the difference from what he had for his house. The joinery was promised for less than £50, but the invoice was for £113. Harold was anxious to have the church dedicated debt-free. He couldn't pay the whole amount, but sent a personal cheque for £13 before the dedication service, and appealed for an offering of £100 on that occasion. The collection on May 6, 1951, when the church was filled to overflowing, yielded £82. On May 12, 1951, the attendance was 39 adults and 17 children. By May 19, 1951, the few pounds owing were paid and Harold's £13 were returned to him as a donation. The Avondale College Church donated an organ and the woodwork instructor at the college, Brother Jeff Richardson, kindly built and donated the rostrum. On the front of the rostrum were four words of Jesus, Have faith in God. These words were from the favourite text of Pastor C.J. Reynolds, Brother Richardson's late father-in-law. The record completion within seven weeks testified to the faith of Harold and his congregation in the justice of their cause. Harold served as the first minister of the church.
Chapter 21. That Zealous Apostle. On September 10, 1951, Harold and Anne learned that Anne's mother, Sister Hannah Gadston, had passed away at the age of 87. Hannah's passing was mourned by six daughters and four sons, 40 grandchildren and 65 great-grandchildren. Her godly and consistent life had greatly influenced her family. Memories of happy visits of former years to the home at Keysborough, including their marriage there in 1907, helped to soothe Harold and Anne's sorrow. Having established and consolidated the church in Dora Creek, Harold looked for a new challenge in his retirement. Harold and Anne moved to Stanthorpe in Queensland's Granite Belt in mid-1952 to feed the flock there and build up the church. Harold's ministry at Stanthorpe meant that he had now worked in every state of the Commonwealth of Australia. Harold had a number of interested people to work with when he arrived, in addition to his regular pastoral duties. He threw himself into the work with his characteristic energy. The Stanthorpe Church building was dedicated on March 9, 1952, by Pastor Walter Batty, President of the Trans-Tasman Union Conference, several months before Harold and Anne arrived. Brother Fred Moore from Sydney, who had built the Dora Creek Church, also built the Stanthorpe Church. There was still some church debt, so Harold set about removing it. In 1952, Stanthorpe was in a line of churches from Newcastle to Brisbane. An article in the Australasian Record of October 17, 1955, by R.A. Salton, was of special interest in this regard. Speaking of Sister White, the author wrote, Over 50 years ago, when she was in this country, a vision was given to her that if the northern line from Newcastle to Brisbane were worked with the third angel's message, Sabbath keepers would be raised up all along the way. In fulfilment of this, there are many churches and companies of believers in Hamilton, Maitland, Singleton, Muswell Brook, Quirindi, Tamworth, Armadale, Glen Innes, Inverell, Tenterfield, in New South Wales, Stanthorpe, Toowoomba, probably other places between the last two names, and Brisbane in Queensland. Stanford and Raymond and their families lived in South Queensland, so the arrival in Stanthorpe brought Harold and Anne in closer contact with them. My first memory of my grandfather and grandmother is visiting them at their house in Stanthorpe in 1953. My mother, Donelda, took me to Stanthorpe by bus to pick up my older sister, Kathleen, who had been staying with Grandpa and Nana Harker. The house was on the side of a hill, and Grandpa was working outside when we arrived. It was a humble cottage which had been somewhat derelict until Grandpa and Nana Harker arrived, and Grandpa scythed the long grass and tidied the house and surrounds. Kathleen was five at the time. Her birthday is in January, and because the number of children starting at our nearest school in 1953 was high, only those who turned five in 1952 were able to remain at school. This enabled Kathleen to spend six weeks with Grandpa and Nana in 1953. She remembers, amongst other things, Nana Harker curling her blonde hair with tiny pieces of cloth, having olive oil on toast, something she had never experienced before, bathing in the narrow but deep bath on legs, helping Nana clear the snails that were eating her garden and waiting for Grandpa to come home from work on his bicycle. The South Queensland Conference President, Pastor R.A. Grieve, supplied Harold with a motorised bicycle to help him with visitations. 
Stanthorpe and District produced apples and stone fruit, so visitation to farms required some form of transport. Harold did not own a car and had never had a driver's licence, so the motorised bicycle was helpful to him as he visited around the district and negotiated the hills in Stanthorpe. On March 13, 1954, Florence Marriott Harker, Harold's sister and one of the Hastings Five of 1893, passed away in Gosford, New South Wales, bringing great sadness to Harold and Anne. Since entering the Bible and Cole Porter work in Christchurch in 1897, she had given 57 years of her life to this work in New Zealand, Victoria and New South Wales. Florence and his sisters Leela and Laura never married and they referred to themselves as unclaimed treasures. Their great hope was that Jesus would claim them when he came back to receive them at the resurrection of the saints that accompanies the second coming. At an elevation of 3,000 feet or almost 1,000 metres, Stanthorpe was subject to severe frosts and even snow. Anne struggled with the cold weather during winter. After two years in Stanthorpe and a successful ministry there, the time had arrived to consider a final move. Harold and Anne made the decision to move to the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney. The Australasian record of November 8, 1954, carried a brief piece about this final move. Writing from Warramoo, New South Wales, that zealous apostle, Pastor H.C. Harker, says he and Mrs. Harker expect to reside there permanently, adding, This last move is about our 51st since we were married 48 years ago. Just before leaving Stanthorpe, I noticed a name on the front of a house near our church which took my eye. Done moving. Said I to myself, that would be a good name for our next house. Whether Pastor Harker's stay in Warramoo be short or long, we predict that there will soon be accessions to the faith in that district. Harold and Anne moved to 1 Cross Street, Warramoo, in the Lower Blue Mountains, midway between Penrith and Katoomba. Pastor A.H. White lived in the same district. For some years, believers met in Pastor White's house. Harold and Anne's arrival increased the numbers, which had been growing slowly but steadily. Both happiness and sadness were Harold and Anne's lot in 1955. On April 26, Jack, their youngest son, was married to Valda Hall in Hobart. All their children were now married. Then on November 16... Winifred's husband, Percy, finally succumbed to tuberculosis at the age of 48. Winifred and her children, Malcolm, Noreen and Graham, were now without a husband and father. Harold assisted his old friend, Pastor A.W. Knight, at the funeral services. There was happiness again as Harold conducted the wedding of his oldest grandson, Douglas Wood, on December 18, 1955. On January 30, 1956, an article written by Harold entitled Five Christian Workers in One Family appeared in the Australasian Record. It recounted the story of how Harold and his sisters and brothers came to New Zealand and the conversion there of Florence, Leela, Laura, Norman and himself to the Adventist faith and their subsequent service in the Adventist cause. Harold's article was accompanied by a poem, The Coming of the Lord, written by Florence Harker. In 1956, the believers in Warramoo voted unanimously that they needed a place in which to worship. They had neither money nor land, but in one meeting raised £200, which was sufficient to purchase land, 
a nice level block off the main road but close to the railway station. The next task was to raise money for the building and furnishings. Pastors Harker and White energetically solicited funds for the building. Money came in from all directions and the church was constructed at a cost of little more than £900. Brother Fred Moore, who built the Dora Creek and Stanthorpe churches, built the Warramoo Church. On entering, worshippers were directed to the words over the rostrum, Be still and know that I am God, inviting reverence and quietness. Over the front of the pulpit was the word Ebenezer, which means hitherto the Lord has helped us, a reminder of how God helped in the building of the church and that he continues to help his people. Over the door leading to the minister's vestry were the words Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Another reminder of God's provision of funds for the church building. Over the doorway through which members and visitors enter and depart was the word Mizpah, which means the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. To be continued. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Psalm 24 is the psalm of David and the title I've given to this psalm is The King of Glory Enters His Kingdom. The earth and everything in it is our Creator God's. The world is His and all its people. Its foundations are the mighty seas and it is set in place upon the waters. Who may climb the mountain of God? Who can stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands are clean and whose heart is pure, whose soul does not long for an idol, nor has sworn by anything false. The Lord will greatly bless that person, and the God of their salvation will grant them righteousness. These are your people, who seek you, O Lord. They shall seek you, for there is none other. Be ready to open, O you gates. Open wide, you everlasting doors. For the King of glory has returned. You ask, who is this King of glory? It is the Lord, the strong and mighty one, the Lord who is victorious in battle. Be ready to open, O you gates. Open wide, you everlasting doors and the King of glory shall enter. You ask again, Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory.